You're listening to Wholehearted with Jenny Muscatel, bringing you 10-minute wholehearted interviews with incredible guests to encourage you with the light and love of God. Join us each Monday by tuning in to www.christianmix106.com at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is Jenny Muscatel, and you are listening to Wholehearted, where we have honest, faith-filled conversations with people whose lives have been impacted by CHD. Today is part three of our conversation with Heart Mama Kat Hansen, who is the co-author of Hope and Courage, Six Life Lessons from the Parent of a Child with Congenital Heart Disease. She and her husband, Tom, have two children, a daughter, Audrey, and a son, Harding, who was born with a complex CHD, requiring three open-heart surgeries. Last week, Kat shared about how God healed her son, who was on a ventilator because his diaphragm became paralyzed after his heart surgery. Today, Kat talks more about that moment, how God worked through a community, and the importance of having grace for yourself. So Kat, when did you realize that God had healed Harding's diaphragm? Yeah, every week or two weeks, they would do a live x-ray. And so they would examine that nerve and see if it was moving. And that week, they happened to look and it was moving and moving the way a normal one would. And so initially, they wanted to kind of treat Harding like most kids with a trach. Most kids with a trach have lung issues, which Harding had none of that. And so we were very proactive and like, don't treat him like a typical kid with a trach because that's just not his situation like his is very different the reason he got it was because of this phrenic nerve and now it's 100 percent functional there's no reason for him to have it anymore you know we that was our strongest advocacy really came out during that time when we really kind of like pushed back against what they were used to doing to kids with trachs. And we were we were totally respectful and understanding, but there was a point where we literally called all of Harding's specialists into a room with us. And we were like, this is what we want to do. These are the reasons we want to do it. How do we make that happen? And everyone got on board in that meeting and agreed like, yes, this is a very unique situation. Let's try to get Harding off the ventilator and get his trach out. So it was, again, another waiting process of weaning him off the ventilator just to make sure he wasn't going to like struggle to breathe anymore. But he came off in a month. I mean, it takes it can take years to come off a ventilator to get a trach out. That's what the normal process is. But he came off of it in a month. It never had any issues coming off of it. And they were stunned the whole time. They were just like what is happening? We never see this happen with kids. So it was a very unique situation all around. It's always fun to stun doctors. (laughs) (laughs) It is fun to stun doctors because, you know, there's a different healing behind that. I mean, obviously we are always beyond grateful for all of our doctors and God has provided them with so many gifts, but also our doctors are there with us in every moment. And like a family, They're invested in the journey just like we are. They celebrate our wins and grieve our setbacks just like we do. And so when we can experience a healing, something that doesn't fit the normal or typical course of medicine, it's like hope fulfilled and praise God. It's just incredible. So while you are going through all of this with Harding, you also have your daughter at home and you're already tackling all of the day-to-day life. And then you're faced with this trial on top of it. And I've always heard people say, when it rains, it pours. But I've always kind of said, when it pours, it still rains. 
and there were so many things going on. How did you get through all of that? And did you have a community around you to help you? Yeah, I mean, we couldn't have done it without community. It's so important. And that's one of the things Tom and I are always giving as a piece of advice to CHD parents is to find your community. It might not look like our community. It might not be family. It may just be friends or vice versa. Or it may just be someone you know from a group that you're a part of. It can look however it looks, but you need a support system of people who are going to selflessly give because you can't give back to them in that time. You just can't. You just have to be a taker (laughs) during that season. (laughs) And yeah, we couldn't have done it without our friends and family. We, a lot of our friends chose to like move to the same neighborhood. (laughs) So like we had like 15 families in our neighborhood that we know and are close with. And, you know, they all shared responsibilities. I mean, they remodeled our house while we were going through all of this to make it a peaceful, loving, enjoyable place to come to when we would come home from the hospital. I'm not saying all support networks need to do that, (laughs) but it was, that's just an example of just how far people will go for you. We're not exceptional people, Tom and I, we're normal people, but what you don't realize is how much people want to love you during those seasons. They want to help. And often it's us who are the stumbling block in that because we don't want to ask for help. We don't want to burden other people. We think we should be able to do this on our own. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not a good parent if I can't do this on my own or, you know, whatever the lie is that we're choosing to believe in those moments. And Tom was more toward like, let's not ask for help. Let's not tell anybody what's going on, all that. And I was very much like, we need help. Like, uh, we're like, we can't do this by ourselves. And so Tom kind of like slowly came over to my side on that. And we relied on our friends and family for babysitting for Audrey. I mean, she wasn't school age. So like she needed someone to be with her. And so I would go to the hospital from like the mornings to the early evening. And then Tom would get off work and then he would come and be with Harding until he fell asleep. We are so lucky to live. I mean, we live 15 minutes away from our hospital. So we were always able to sleep at home. And after my shift at the hospital, I would go pick up Audrey, bring her home. So like we were in a pretty good rhythm of making it work. But again, could not have done that if we didn't have people who we trusted to leave Audrey with. And, and, you know, people were just randomly leaving dinners in our freezer or they would drop off a gift card or I'd come home and the laundry was done or the I I remember waking up one morning and one of our neighbors came over to mow the lawn. It was more like we weren't constantly asking like hey we need this will you do it. It was more like at the very beginning we were like we're going to need help and everyone was like got it and they just kind of plugged themselves into our lives and were like oh, I see that the grass is a little high. I'm going to go mow it for him, you know, or like Cat probably needs help with laundry. I'm just going to go do it. And so if if you're listening right now and you are someone who is a part of a community that is supporting a CHD family, my encouragement would just be to just go help. You know, like it's hard for the CHD family to think through the details and the minutia of what we need because we're struggling and it can be hard for us to ask for help. So if you see a need, just fill it and know that, you know, what you're doing 
is loving that family so well. It makes me think of the Bible verse where we're all members of the same family and we all work together to accomplish the purpose God placed at hand. And when everyone's reaching out and how they're supporting you, it helps you know that you're not alone. Because in these types of situations, it can feel very isolating, but you have this group of people coming around you. How did that demonstrate God's love for you in those moments? Immensely. I think one of the things I always struggle with in my relationship with God is not feeling good enough. I'm not good enough, God. Like, there's no way you can love me because I'm not good enough. I'm not valuable. And I feel like through the community coming together to help, God was showing me just how valuable I was to him and to my friends and family. He was showing me his ability to provide. You know, that's the other thing is like sometimes we don't surrender enough to let God provide for us. But when you're helpless, (laughs) you don't really have a choice. And so I really got to see just how much God could provide just through using other people. And like you said, the body of Christ just coming together to love others well. He really does care about all of our details, doesn't he? I mean, every day you are faced with this journey and I'm guessing fear and anxiety probably show up along the way. And God has that amazing way of showing up in the big moments, but he's also there in all the little moments as well, right? What did that look like in your walk? Yeah, you know, my my daily walk looks a lot different than it did before we went through all of this. That hardship and the continued hardship, you know, to be honest, really has cemented my relationship with God. I just trust him so much more than I did before. But all that to be said, like I have a greater, I don't know, maybe knowledge of his presence, knowing when he's speaking or moving or wanting to teach me something. You know, I feel like I can, I can hear his voice a little clearer. And one thing that's huge in my life is spiritual discipline. That's huge in my life. I think we all kind of tend toward a few, like some people just love reading. And so they're always reading the Bible or some people just love music and worship. So they're always doing that. For me, it's prayer. Like that is where I connect with God the most and specifically through praying for other people. I serve on the prayer team at my church. That's one of the ways I do that. But also am often asking people like what I can pray for just because I know the power of prayer and and what it'll do. But also I enjoy that connection with God, the time that I'm praying. And I know that in the future, you know, when more hardships come, that I have this foundation of a relationship with God. Sure, like it's there is the daily discipline of like waking up and reading my Bible. And, you know, I'm not perfect with that, but I do my best to wake up, read my Bible and pray every day. And sometimes what I what I'm reading is going to apply to what I'm going through. And sometimes it's not. But the point is, is that I'm actively trying to find ways to pour into that relationship and to maintain its strength. Because what's going to happen when, you know, let's say Harding's health has a flare-up and I am too tired to wake up in the morning to do those things, or I'm, you know, I'm so depressed that I can't even think about those things. You know, there's going to be those really, really tough moments. I know that I have this 
foundation of my relationship with God to fall back on to help me get through those harder days where it's just too hard to open the Bible or it's too hard to listen to worship music or whatever it is. Maybe that sounds like being a bad Christian. (laughs) No, I think a lot of people feel that way and they reach those times when they just, they can't. But God He is in our midst, Zephaniah 3.17, and he sings over us with a lullaby, and he never leaves us, never forsakes us, and he's always there when we can't find our way. And he comes and he carries us through, and you know, it's not our strength, but his, and so what you're seeing resonates, and I think it's easy for us to beat ourselves up, but God understands our struggles more than anyone ever can, and he loves us. Yeah, I think, I I just think... We have to have grace on ourselves, especially just families who are in the thick of it and are really, really struggling. Like we shouldn't judge what they are or aren't doing. We should only try to love and help and support and encourage because God's going to show up no matter what. And he's teaching them something in that moment. And so my job as a fellow sister in Christ is just to love them well right where they are. Uh, But often I don't extend that to myself, you know, like I don't, but you cat, you got to be on your A game when things get really hard, you know, like, no, that's just not realistic. That's so true. And thank you. Friends, that's Kat Hansen reminding us all to have a little grace for ourselves. It has been such a joy these past few weeks hearing Kat's heart and the love of God through her story. Tune in next week to Wholehearted for the conclusion of our time together. And as always, thank you for listening to Christian Mix 106. Thank you for listening to Wholehearted. Remember to catch new episodes each Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ChristianMix106.com. To learn more about Jenny, you can visit her website at JennyMuscatel.com.